All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got an exciting conversation today. We're going to talk about the intersection of creativity and data analytics in marketing. And the goal is to help your small business thrive in this ever increasingly competitive landscape of marketing. So let's get this show started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom, it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you. And welcome to another episode of Business Boss. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in today's episode, we're joined by a dynamic duo who are changing the game in marketing and data analytics for small businesses. One is a creative marketing expert and the other a disruptor with a hunter-gatherer mindset. Both are here to share their insights and strategies for driving business growth through targeted marketing and data-driven decision-making. So let's get started. Without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Barbara Wardell and Ernesto Kulari. <laughs> now the party can officially begin. Welcome to the show, guys. Oh, great to have us here. This is awesome. Thanks, Ernest. <laughs> We're happy to be your guest. All right, let me ask you this. I know because you're a podcaster and you guys do podcasts all the time, this is a very selfish question, but I'm going to ask you. You're like a minute or two into the show. Um, what's your experience like so far being on this podcast compared to probably other interviews you've done? Exciting. The energy <laughs> is like 100,000%, and that is awesome. That's really you know, you're self-employed, you know, the only way to keep, uh, you know, your internal mindset going is to keep it positive and high energy. Otherwise we're falling asleep at the wheel. Am I right? Oh, 100%. I'll even give you this. You know how they say the camera adds 10 pounds. I think it like turns down the dial, like 10 X against you. So you got to have that extra energy. Otherwise they won't come out. You'll come out really boring. Otherwise I, I'm me personally. I think, what do you guys think? I, I totally agree on that one. We we're always uh, making, um, our business fun because I don't want a job. I want it to be exciting and part of our lives and keep going and help people and just keep it fun. And for those watching on video, you can see that my partner Barbara went total purple rain on our <laughs> studio. It's like Prince and the new power generation is like maxing out behind us. So there's no way we could have a boring day at work. <laughs> Uh, it looks good though. You guys look great. I love the setup. It's awesome. Let's let's dive into this thing. Um, first question I always ask is everyone who comes on the show is here to promote something to to get their message out about their product, service, whatever it is. So what is that for you guys? I think our our focus is the client. Our message to get out is you know from day one focus on your messaging and advertising and marketing and um. The idea that if we build it, they will come is no longer the case. We have to uh, keep offering our clients and our colleagues um, of you know a proposition that has a lot of value to it. So um, you know we we consider ourselves disruptors in the world of advertising and marketing, and um, so our message is you know 
keep marketing, keep advertising, and put data first. Only only invest in things that have a strong return on investment and are backed by data. That kind of sounds like a novel idea, right? Invest in the results that you're actually going to get. Uh, look at the data, which is actual proof of concept. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of a unique point of view when it comes to marketing because oftentimes you talk to different marketing companies and they promise you the world but don't really have the data or the results to kind of move in the direction that they say they're going to move you in so who's the target audience who are you guys going after who's the ideal client that can work with the the pair the dynamic dynamic duo <laughs> we're looking we work with businesses so it's b2b and um, we range from the food industry to laundry to car washes to aviation companies, mezcal companies, you know, um, restaurants, hotels. Um, Ooh, yes. you know, certain people who are in the service industry that need so, clients. <laughs> right. So, you know, our, our main focus is to work with the small business owner to bring them uh, customers through the door first. And then uh, for businesses that are looking for online conversions is to sort of help them because, you know, cookies are going away now. And unless you're reaching people contextually with the things they are really interested in, you're not going to bring those, you're not going to bring online conversions. So our goal is two things, people in the door first, and then, a, you know, a well-qualified online conversion by using contextual targeting so that you're getting people who are already interested in what you have to offer them. That offer is so vitally important. Uh, it's the thing that's going to get people to fill out the form, to throw down their credit card, to book that appointment. The offer is so vitally important, um, but also the people you work with, right? So if somebody's going to work with you guys, they kind of got to know a little bit about who you are. So give me the, the, the short on that. Uh, I guess we can start with Barbara, right? Give me a little bit of a background on uh, the primary for the dynamic duo i'm just guessing there. i don't know that's for sure uh, i started out in um the medical industry um specialty compounds and so i i serviced many doctors over 250. um i also was part of um different companies um building them and uh just went from there and um about two years ago two and a half years ago ernesto and i were became friends. And then we ended up um, falling into COVID, as you know, and saw all these small businesses, oh my gosh, you know, closing up things that we really enjoyed and loved. And we're down in the Jersey Shore. So, you know, we have a lot of special businesses that we love and support. Gym I, um, tan laundry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we were seeing them close and um, the opportunity of geofencing and most people don't even know what geofencing is. So we looked at all the data and we came to a conclusion that if we could figure out how to bring this to small businesses, because the big companies have them, you know, the Starbucks, the Chipotle, the, you know, um, Targets, all those, they have all this technology. The small business didn't have this and they were closing and struggling. So we figured out how to bring this budget and this technology to the forefront to bring it out. And we're just dominating the industry. <laughs> all right, Nesto, 
really quick, what is your what is your background? And then dive into some of these practical things, like maybe define what geofencing is and how small businesses can even benefit from something like that. Sure. Uh, like one of your recent guests, um, I was a former candidate for U.S. Congress. Oh. Um, so dabbled in politics for a long time, uh, have written for Fox News. But uh, like Barbara, I was a medical rep. And then oddly, you know, moonlighting I, as a songwriter, had songs on Disney radio, country radio, on film and television. And um, that sort of informed my mind towards um, breaking brands. But if you can write pop music, if you can get to the chorus and not bore us in 30 seconds, you can probably get a gist of advertising. And I always had a fascination since, you know, be being a songwriter with the ad marketing world and how to break artists into the industry, which we had great success doing. And um, I became a disillusioned uh, med rep. And I, again, ran into Barbara a couple years ago. And I was already doing, uh, you know, photography and for big brands. And um, I really, we really, I wanted to do something different and something that would benefit small business owners because yeah, COVID and lockdowns really hurt people. Not everyone benefited from PPP and the employee retention tax credit. So we began to look at small businesses and we began to master this technology of geofencing. And what geofencing is and why we love it is it utilizes GPS-based satellites to draw virtual fences around buildings of interest. And so say we own a Japanese restaurant. There's a favorite Japanese restaurant in my neighborhood. We can use satellites to draw virtual fences around that building. But then we can look at other restaurants with a similar demographic, other lounges with a similar demographic, hotels with a similar demographic. We can capture all those phones that are in those virtual fences that we just drew. We can then send ads to those phones. But what the great part is, is when they in turn come to my favorite uh, Japanese restaurant in Asbury Park, New Jersey, the satellite will ping us, alerting us that a new visit has taken place. And on behalf of small businesses all across America, Barbara and I drive on average 5,000 satellite verified in-store on location visits per month. And nice. for small businesses, that's very impactful. Yes. That's huge. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're getting more and more customers in the door, your business will survive, especially during those COVID times when you're helping a lot of the businesses that were forced to shut down or forced to go mobile. They had to find a new way to generate that business. And you guys come around and you're like, look, we got the answer. How is that different from paid ads, for example, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok ads? How does that differ uh, using geofencing compared to paid ads? Well, when you're in the universe of Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, you're in the, the walled garden, right? That basically, you're competing against a small universe. What geofencing gets you out of that universe and you have the open wide web as well as apps and stuff that you can actually target the people outside of that, that garden. It's you're competing against each other. Google is the same. You're paying to get on the top of the, the chart there, but you're still stuck in that small little universe. You have a open wide web to advertise. And it's amazing um, that 
you can do this because most people don't realize it. Everything is about Google, Instagram, TikTok. They're great. I'm not, we're not saying don't do them. You should to get uh, name recognition and stuff like that. But put your money into something that gives you actual results, visits, cha-ching. <laughs> yep, getting people who are in that cash register. Yep. Every time, every time. Right. Just like, uh, and it's a wonderful life. Every time the bell rings an angel gets his wings and we get paid. Right. So those are, those are the double whammies. It's a, it's a good thing all, all the way around. Uh, let me, let me ask you, like, can you fine tune that geofencing? How do I, if I'm in a specific geographical area, how am I getting that type of ad? How does the consumer get that? Okay. So um, going back to my, my neighborhood, my, my favorite restaurant as an example. So once we capture those devices, when people then open up a dating app or they open up the weather app or they're opening up kick to message or meetup or meetme.com or any of those websites and any of those rather apps uh, that are high volume, high usage apps, we then bid for ad presence in those places. So that's that's one way. The other way is we have access on the open web to native ads. So if you're in my neighborhood and I'm targeting you to come to my favorite Japanese restaurant while you're reading, say, the New York Times, the New York Post, ESPN, Telemundo, TMZ, we're also competing there in the open web. We are bidding for ad placement so that as you're scrolling, um, you might see one of our, our large native ads. And the one thing that we have that's very exciting for us in that market where we're the, there's a mixture, an overlap between geofencing technologies, geotargeting technologies, and native ads. Native ads are these editorial, advertorial type advertisements. And we, uh, we happen to have an algorithm that bids intelligently for that ad placement. So rather than paying top dollar to appear at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, um, you know, our algorithm might decide to post that ad at two minutes and 59 seconds. And by being off by a minute or 30 seconds or 45 seconds, whatever the algorithm decides, we end up paying much less for that ad placement. And therefore, in the end, we end up paying less for that ad conversion. And that brings us back to the topic of our discussion today, which is using data um, to drive better results. And you know, not, none of us are made of money. And so therefore, we, we viewed this as, well, how do we leverage technology um, to get the best cost per visit or the best cost per conversion? And, and then what basket of technologies can Barbara and I put together so that um, we can affect these changes on behalf of our clients. Yeah, and our national average um, per vision is five seventy-five. So you can imagine how great that is. And then our top yeah. clients pay over just about two dollars a visit nationally. You know, some of our clients. So it, it, it's definitely a cost-effective way of advertising because you're so it's so vast. It's not in that garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You opened up the gates essentially. Here, right? that's, that's, what we're, that's that's the best part is you're not stuck in those little gardens. You got the whole damn continent that you can use, and 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 everybody who has who's in that particular space. Now, technologies like that have always been. Uh, 
historically really expensive. And I know times have, have changed drastically. And if I'm a restaurant and I'm really kind of chomping at the bit here, worried about, you know, what margins am I going to spend? I have a marketing budget. I sh where should I put it? What kind of marketing spend should I be thinking about uh, or setting aside to be able to take advantage of something like this? So th there's two things I would do. One, you know, you if, if you're in your business, if you're not budgeting at minimum, minimum, a thousand, two thousand a month to just just to enter the world of marketing or advertising, um, then you need capital funding. Um, and I don't mean to make light of it, but honestly, if you're in business and can't afford a thousand, two thousand dollar investment in advertising, um, then you re you really need to rethink your business model. But there's also something that Barbara and I do before we even get into um in, in, into this you know um barbara you want to speak to the analytics that we use um so when we first start with a client we do a foot traffic um study and that basically it's so valuable because we can look at the past two years and see the devices that came into that location and out of that location we know a half hour before and a half hour after so we already start with a good basis of where we're supposed to target, right? So it's very precise, the targeting that we do. And we can even target a phone booth if they were still around. If they were still around, yeah. <laughs> we can let Lois Lane know where Clark Kent like, is all the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I tell you, if, if I had to, to track the quarters that were put into machines back in the day when I walked around with my beeper back in back in high school, it was a completely different era. But today, these phones are are tracking us uh, pretty much everywhere we go. And like you said earlier, cookies are kind of going away. Um, iOS had their updates, and and the tracking's gotten completely different. And what you guys are doing here, you're helping kind of track without uh really collecting the data itself and i know that in marketing oftentimes we talk about owning data owning those telephone numbers owning those email addresses how does that compare with the geofencing are we collecting that data or is it just kind of gps coordinates so we know traffic but not necessarily specific that's a great question so we are actually capturing devices and data the difference is is because we're anonymizing it once we capture it we then have privileges that Google and Facebook and the other walled gardens don't have. So we're anonymizing that device. And then once, because we're anonymizing that, we get to look at that demographic information and we get to use that demographic information as, you, as well as the contextual information in terms of like what they're reading, search terms uh, that they were using. But we're doing it in a way also that doesn't use cookies because rather than looking at the device in that case, we're actually looking at the websites that they were engaging with and what keywords caught them. So we're not invading uh, the privacy of the user, but, and we're collecting data based on location. And location is highly indicative of what a person wishes to afford, what they can afford, and what they intend to purchase. And then contextually, what they're reading, what's capturing their attention online is the data that's um, replacing cookies. So um, whether or not the agencies that people are working with are aware of that, that is the future. Contextual data uh, and location data. The location data industry is going to undergo, undergo uh, one of the largest uh, growths in uh, recent 
uh, advertising history. So it, it's going up each year by the by multiples of billions in terms so of being a valuable market. Let me ask you about that, because when you're describing that, I, I just picture that Tom Cruise Minority Report movie where he's like walking around and every ad is like directed right at him and they know who he is and what he's doing and, you know, his size. And this is what you bought last time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of scary, but also kind of cool because I don't have to waste all this time figuring out if that's for me or that's for me. It's already tailored for me. Where do you think the the future of advertising and marketing is going, especially with things and tools like the, like geofencing? Oh, we're going definitely to AI. I mean, there's so many new technologies out there right now. You can't even imagine what's out there right now. We haven't even scratched the surface and we're on this technology side every day, looking at all the new technologies to incorporate it in our toolbox, to use it, to do this marketing for our, our B2Bs. And then I would say uh, location data. data. Yeah. Um, AI, we can use AI um, in a benevolent way combined with location data. And the minority report uh, example that you gave, if we could, instead of receiving ads, so instead of receiving ads continuously for the same products day in, day out, or the flip side of that, receiving ads for things that we could care less about, um, you know, we're, none of us are looking at retirement homes for ourselves or. Oh, really? Come on now. I think you were. <laughs> oh, nice. Go after the silver fox. Why don't you? you know, foxes bite back, right? Oh, yeah. I have no problem with it. <laughs> oh, okay. You hey, know, man, at least you're <laughs> silver, dude. Mine's like gone. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so uh, the future is, you know, tailored, uh, targeted advertising but it must if it's going to comply with the law now and future laws it must uh, abide by uh, protecting the privacy of the user and now uh, you know you'll probably hear a lot about clean rooms where uh, whatever uh, platform you're using or technologies you're using you have to anonymize the end user so you can pull people together as a cohort and then market to them based on all the criteria that you wish to target for. But in the absence of using something like what we use, which is a clean room where you're separating the, no the knowledge of Barbara, Ernesto and Hernan. He's using me again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's a beautiful crash, crash test dummy. Don't clean me. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but Yep. And, and our device technology is changing too. I mean, it's not going to be long before I don't have to hold an, a physical phone anymore, right? I mean, there was a time where we we didn't have that at all. We had the the pagers, and then we went to you know an actual cell phone where you made calls. And now it does pretty much everything but make phone calls. We don't really use it for that as much anymore. Uh, where do you think the best resource uh, or like piece of technology that you see right now that's kind of coming out? that would help or enhance the customer experience uh, when they go about shopping or looking for restaurants or doing those types of things. Cause in my mind, I'm thinking of like the movie free guy, right? Where you throw the glasses and then you can kind of see the, you know, bring that augmented reality. Uh, but I don't know. What do you, what do you guys see as far as like physical technology going in the next couple of years? Uh, me personally, I actually think it's, there's going to be a return to the basics. I, because you know, just get in a car or take an Uber or get on a scooter, get on your bike and, and look around. 
you know, retail locations or doctor's offices, these things aren't going away. So uh, human experience, providing a better experience, and then perhaps technology in your office, technology in your store, mm -hmm. so that um, you could be better, have a better experience, so it could be more personalized. So in that respect, I think, um, you know, on location devices to improve your 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 customer journey or or the patient journey. Uh, and then, you know, after you leave the doctor's office, technologies that help you um, exercise more or help you not abuse the drugs that you were prescribed. So that, that's my feeling. What do you think, Barbara? I think you're right on that. I think that um, it's definitely um, you have to go back to the human element to because that that makes you whole. All this mm -hmm. technology is great and we use it, but I still want to go get a hug. I still want to go into, uh, you know, I still want to shop, you know, with the experience. I'm sure it's going to be a lot different, but I'm sure that we're going to have that element grow in a different direction in the years to come. I agree with you. A virtual hug is nice. A physical <laughs> hug is just something you just, you can't explain it. It has a certain energy. A handshake has a certain energy around it. So yeah, the virtual is cool. The augmented is cool, but that, that person to person connection has got to be there. And speaking of that, you guys have shared a lot of information in the quick short time that we're together. If people want to reach out, work with you, uh, ask you questions, get some more insight on this whole geofencing thing. Cause they're like, this is something definitely I can use for my business. How can they do that? Well, yeah. calarimedia.com, C-U-L-L-A-R-I media.com. Uh, send, you know, you get a free consultation with us. Be, we would be more than happy to hear about, you know, how your business is contributing to your community. And then we'd like to see it succeed for you. Yes, absolutely. Nice. Nice. All right. I got one more question. Um, you guys have started podcasting. Uh, you're a duo, so you got to show up. A scheduling can always be a conflict. There's people out there who start a podcast. They go like 10 episodes and they quit uh, for whatever life reason. Why a podcast? And what have you learned as you've been podcasting so far? Oh, my gosh. Um, the reason why we started a podcast, because we were actually – um, somebody came to us and wanted us to be on their podcast because we did so much for their for one of their businesses that they were on a podcast for. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I never did a podcast before, so that was my first experience. Ernesto has done a few and has uh, actually um, did like all the the functions of a podcast for someone. Um, but it, it has been an amazing, sometimes frustrating, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out all the camera angles and all the, the new, like the new softwares that you're using to try to get all of it integrated. Like we have like three cameras, we have like, um, two, um, where they're just so we can see you, but we can also see us to make sure that the cameras are focusing, right. Um, changing cameras, um, you know, angles. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and usually he has it on his side I mean, why and not? then he keeps taking it off me. I don't know. So now <laughs> I have it on my computer. So now, 
I can change it. <laughs> so uh, now yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. battle of the button yeah, pushing, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. I understand that one. No, you're supposed to go here. No, it's my turn. I'm the one talking. Give me the attention. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, for me, it's been one of the best prospecting tools and, and networking tools that I've ever come across. Prior to COVID, we used to do them in person, which was really cool. COVID happened. We had to switch this virtual thing. And now this is really cool because I get to talk to people like yourselves from all over the world. You don't have to be, you know, stuck in San Diego. Not like it's a bad thing to be stuck in San Diego, but, you know, stuck in San Diego with me to be able to be on the show. So I appreciate you guys taking the time. One more time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to put them on the big screen here because their website is right there on the bottom, calerimedia.com, calerimedia.com. You guys are thinking about geofencing. If you don't even know what geofencing is and you're missing all the foot traffic or all the data related to the people walking by that you see out your window, but you don't know what's going on. <laughs> these are the people that you want to reach out to because they can definitely help monitor that traffic, give you the insight for that traffic, and then even turn that traffic into customers. So one more time, calerimedia.com is the website. Guys, thank you very much for being on the program today. Any final thoughts before we head out? No, Herner, we uh, we enjoy your Instagram. I followed you on Instagram, and uh, I like your energy. I love uh, what you're doing for not just small business, but for thought leaders out there. Entrepreneurs, um, awesome. Yeah, high energy. We like it. We enjoy it. And we're wishing you all great success. Yes. And hopefully some people that found today's talk interesting would reach out to us, and hopefully we can help them too. Appreciate you guys coming on, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, they got a killer setup, right? I mean, look at that. That thing's super dope. I, mean, I don't purple. care what they said. I don't care. They're talking about the purple <laughs> rain. It looks good from my angle. <laughs> that rain? Uh, that was all me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh man, I need some color in my background, dude. I'm missing some you, of that stuff. Did you see our, our logo? So wait, yes. wait, wait. The it's it's a you know it's a pin for a map because we do geofencing, right? But it has our C and W in it, but I had to have it purple pink yeah it's gotta be it's gotta be right <laughs> all right all right we'll, we'll, we'll put the c first but i get to pick the color right that's how it works yeah. <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining us and uh again one more time clarymedia.com is where you guys can go we'll catch you guys on the next episode peace peace out it's over go home is your business in need of marketing try starting a podcast but not just any podcast podcast like a pro we can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.